0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the You Can Do It Too podcast. My name is Mamadou Balde and I'm your host. This podcast has two objectives. To provide a platform for minority professionals to share their inspiring stories. And to inspire minority students to believe that their options are unlimited and that they can be whoever they desire to be. I hope this podcast ignites that fire inside of you and pushes you to strive to be the best you. On this podcast, I will be bringing minority guests from a variety of professions, engineering, medicine, entrepreneurship, law, business, etc., who will be sharing their journey to where they are today with you. I hope that these stories will inspire you to believe that whatever your goal or your dream is you can do it too ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in today I bring you a mentor who became a sister she grew up in Senegal and once she finished high school she moved to the United States to continue her education Define the old climbing mountains, she managed to work hard, persevere, and build a life for herself. She's very motivational. She inspires me a lot. And this is one of the definitely one of the most exciting stories I've brought on this podcast. And I'm so excited for you to hear about her story. Please tune in.
1: How's
2: your workout?
1: It was good. I I like to walk um, in the morning, so I walk for about two hours every Sunday, just to clear my head. And you know, nowadays we have good weather in Houston, so to clear my hair and just enjoy the weather.
2: Wow, le soleil!
1: Le soleil, and get some vitamin D. You know, we need uh, <laughs> we need to be exposed to the sun. Uh, right. We black people, but unfortunately, we don't do enough of that. So, Sundays, yeah. the days yeah. we do do that. How, Definitely. How are you? Comment tu
2: vas? Comment tu vas? Tu vas bien?
1: Oui, ça va, ça va. Je grand grâce à Dieu. Je ne me plains pas.
2: Ça va. Ça va Ah super
1: donc euh, <laughs> on peut le faire entre le français et le et l'anglais donc je peux, oui. ça dépend de toi mais je préfère je préfère l'anglais je pense que c'est un peu plus simple
2: <laughs> moi aussi ça commence à aller
1: <laughs> oui oui je, je commence à oublier mon, mon français malheureusement c'est vraiment dommage
2: yeah. oui. wow thank you so much uh, for, for joining us thank you for the time and uh, I'm really excited for this interview Uh, for this podcast. I know we've been talking about it for a while now. Mm -hmm. And as you talked about earlier, uh, today is Sunday and usually it's a rest day, just a refreshing day before we go back to the week full of work and challenges, right? So what are you grateful for on a Sunday, beautiful Sunday morning here in Texas like this?
1: Well, first of all, I would like to thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I think this is a great initiative. And you never know how um, people's experience can influence or impact um, other people. So to answer your question, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for good health. Um, uh, the good health that God has provided me. I'm grateful for my family and friends. And I'm also grateful for all the challenges that I've experienced throughout my life because they definitely helped build my character the woman who I am today
2: that's amazing that's amazing that's definitely something to be worth grateful for yeah what do you do now uh, what, what, what do you do as job
1: so uh, I'm a commercial advisor in a, a business unit within an oil and gas company and my main responsibility is to increase the adoption of natural gas in uh, what I would call emerging countries or developing countries.
2: That's amazing. That, that, sounds, that sounds very professional. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is professional. <laughs> it's a good job. I'm, I'm grateful for my job. I forgot to say that. I'm grateful that I have a job that I really enjoy and I work with amazing people. But I feel like the job is 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 the cherry on the cake.
2: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Talking about jobs, I feel like uh, something that has been some transition that has been very obvious lately, right? And uh, it may be very apparent because of the uh, uh, COVID nineteen situation, and people are more aware of it now. But the idea, I think, one thing that separated. Uh, young people versus the old generation is that the old generation, whenever they get a job out of college, they Mm -hmm. felt like they were tied to that company, that organization. They felt like they had to uh, build a career through that company specifically. But nowadays, a lot of young people believe that a specific company doesn't determine their career. They can't Mm -hmm. do, uh, many people come with the mindset that I will start here, then go here, then go here. Uh, which Mm -hmm. is very fascinating to me, and I think it's a good move. But what are some of the pros and cons that you feel like uh, Mm -hmm. that can come with that kind of transition?
1: Absolutely. So people move from companies to companies for several reasons. Mm -hmm. Some want promotion or promotion. Some want more money. Some are dissatisfied with their current jobs. And uh, some are just looking for a career change. Uh, My recommendation is no matter what the reason is for the change, one needs to always make sure that that change um, will help them get to their ultimate career goal. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense, in my opinion, to change job for just the sake of changing job. It has Mm -hmm. to be part of the the master plan. It has to be a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. and in terms of the pros and the cons I think when you change companies you just have to reinvent yourself you don't have mm-hmm. the network that you've built you don't have the political capital so it's it is not an easy value proposition and staying at the job also means that you have to reinvent yourself right um, and you can do that within for example the, the company that I work for where there there is a rotational, element but for a lot of company you don't get that chance to reinvent yourself right if you stay at a job your brand is your brand and it's very hard to change it so Mm -hmm. i can understand why people want want the change
2: definitely definitely and i feel like the pressure that is out there right now is the the pressure of Mm -hmm. that many young people feel about like they need to it's about that job they want to get the big job right and and many people forget that whenever they get to that job they have to make sure that they love waking up every day and go to that Mm -hmm. job right the Mm -hmm. idea many people forget that the the end goal is not to have the good job but the great career Mm
1: -hmm. right the great career yeah I think there's a problem where today the level of dissatisfaction amongst youngster or younger people the younger generation is very high mm. and social media has a lot to do with that right because you see people's success see quote-unquote on on the on social media and you wonder why is my life not as amazing as, as this person's life and sometimes um we're talking about people you know people you grew up with so Success is very accessible. You get to see it on a daily basis. And that creates a high level of dissatisfaction amongst a lot of people. And if you do not understand that social media is just one, one element, one face, one aspect of, of someone's life, and it's highly curated, people can make the mistakes of trying to follow a life that is not their own life.
2: Yeah. Wow, that's, that's, that's powerful. And one thing that I've also uh, been thinking about, I feel like the people that do it well, the people that make the transition between companies and do it well are the people that really focus on learning everything they can and adding value to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because corporate America, the, the, the goal of companies is to make money for the companies, the stakeholder, that's the primary goal. And mm-hmm. your primary goal as an employee should also be to add value to yourself, which mm-hmm. can benefit both the company and you, right? And the people with that mindset, as they are changing companies, they can accumulate so many experiences that can be very useful to them in the future and build the career that they really want to build.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's correct. I think, again, you said, the, you, said you, you were right on, you said the right word, focus whatever you do in life, you have to focus. You have to focus on what matters to you, what's important to you. And at the end of the day, nothing should be more important in a career. Nothing should be more important than your professional development. So and in order for you to succeed at a company, there needs to be a match between what you desire to do and what the company has to offer. When there is a match, you you potentially could be easily unleashed, but the problem is people don't really take professional uh, development into high consideration. in I think in the way they choose a job, a lot of wow. time we focus about money, but money without professional development is 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 not a good outcome. So what I recommend: wow. is find a job where you feel like you're being developed. You feel like you have a passion for being in that space. And the company also feels that you are a good match. And those are usually the platform for success.
2: That is amazing. That is amazing. And I feel like many people, as you said, right, many young people only think about what they want to do and how they want to do it when Mm -hmm. they're looking to job. Instead of why they wanna do it, do it. many mm-hmm. people forget that whenever they get to whenever they get to the job, they'll have to solve problems. Companies want you to come in and help them get better. Yep. And as you're trying to solve problems, you'll face walls. That's gonna be so hard for you to analyze, and you need a why, something bigger than you, to really go through that wall. And the what and the how that society pressure you to think about all the time is not enough. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm glad you brought up the challenges because that's that's life. When you say yes to life, you have to say yes to life experiences. And this is a quote that I got from Oprah. Um, I think a lot of people feel like they should have an easy life, no challenges, no barriers. And um, I cannot think about a life where I, there are no challenges, no barriers, yeah. no roadblocks. To me, that's a very boring life. Think about a life where everything is easy. Now, what makes life what it is, is going through challenges. And I always tell people that I'm not afraid of challenges. I'm afraid of not having solutions. Mm. I'm not afraid of the challenges because when you say yes to life, you have to be willing to deal with the challenges. And I feel like the young people just want an easy life. They don't want to struggle. They don't want to suffer. and um, if you want to be good at something you have to suffer and the suffering comes with the practice. You're giving up wow. something maybe uh, playing on a on vid- on you know video games or uh, hanging out with your friends for that ultimate outcome, which is to get better. Wow.
0: So suffering
1: is part of life. Yeah, people who have succeeded did the work. there is no shortcut and jumping from job to job, is not going to get you where you need to be. So, suffering is part of life, dealing with difficult people is part of life, doing things that you don't like to do is part of life. Ultimately, if you do all these things and you look at them as stepping stones
2: to your focus.
1: Yes, y- it it would be you would appreciate the challenge.
2: I see so many smart and talented people focusing on trying to avoid problems, <laughs> wasting too much energy because they're using their smart, they are very smart, but they are using it wrong, trying to avoid problems. But that's disabling them from trying, to, from being uh, accomplishing the best potential they can be, right? If they allow themselves to, to face the problems and not worry about the problems too much and learn how to figure out different ways to solve the problems, that's way better.
1: Absolutely. So, what I'm grateful for, and I'm going back to the challenges, um, and I'm grateful for the fact that I came to the U.S. I lived a very sheltered life in Senegal. Uh, my father had a prominent job. My mom was had a very good position at a bank, and we had everything growing up. At some point in time, my father lost his job, and my mom stepped in and she took care of everything in the house, and she didn't miss a bit. And But we didn't have the same level of, uh, we, my parents didn't have the same level of income. So there was a slight change that we could feel. Um, then we, I came to the U.S. and I faced a whole lot of challenges. But what it has done for me is helped me build my character and also helped me build the brain muscles for solving problems. When people ask me what are you, Mary, I'm I am a problem solver, 100% sure of that. Just because I don't see problems as as difficulties, or I see them as a way for me to solve them,
2: as an opportunity, as
1: an opportunity to fix things, to do things better, and uh, building that brain muscle has helped me deal with challenges more easy that's, in an easier way than than a lot of people
2: that's amazing that's amazing I know we came in hot jumping into hot topics let's go back to the to, to the childhood uh you were born in Senegal beautiful mm-hmm. Senegal
1: you grew yes up there. Mm-hmm. let's
2: t- talk about what were some of your favorite memories growing up
1: so I was born and raised in Senegal. I come to I came to the US when I was um 19, 18 and a half, 19. And I had a very, very happy childhood. I was the only girl for a long time before my sister came along. I had two brothers. I have two brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. And um, So, I thought I was a boy. I was playing with them. I was fighting with them. (laughs) No one has ever made me feel like I was a a girl. Um, And because I was the only girl for a long time, I was the favorite, in my opinion. Like, my mom really thought of me as a mini version of herself. (laughs) She would take me everywhere, we would do a lot of things together. So, I really grew up very close to my. Uh, mother, Definitely. I felt a lot of love from her, from her. My father was tough. He gave us a lot of tough love. I was very afraid of him growing up. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> the African culture, they yeah, to, the African they culture. I was,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was very afraid of him. But he put a lot of emphasis on education. And uh, I remember at dinner tables, um, we would sat around dinner, and he'd be like, "Okay." Um, quizzing us on, on a lot of things on just general knowledge. Uh, and uh, he was my hero because every time I asked him a question, he had an answer. I'm like, Dad, wow. can you say um, can you say Pom in, in English? He would say, apple, And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. You know everything. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely put him on a pedestal um, wow. because he had answers to all my questions
2: that is powerful and I feel like it's a for for many uh, African households that's the case. I remember also growing up my father used to call my sister and I and, and give us riddles and, and, and other things to just get us to get our brain moving a little bit okay. and solving mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah and as you said they definitely put emphasis on education and I feel like the culture like the, the way the culture is set is like they need to have some kind of strictness to get to get you know that to to make you want to accomplish more because yeah. you know that they are looking
1: oh yeah there is um when i see today nowadays people who have the option of not of children or teenagers who have the option of dropping school it was never even a thought that crossed my mind because mm-hmm. my father is a phd right and my mom had also an advanced degree so, at the minimum, my dad used to say, You need to do at least <laughs> as much as your mom, right? <laughs> at the minimum. Uh, I was like, Yes, yes, dad. So, it, it was very clear to me that there was no way around education, right? And, yeah. and I remember my dad sitting around us and, you know, at the table and saying, You are not, don't ever touch drugs, don't ever touch alcohol don't ever smoke. And those things, you know, I grew, you know, fast forward many, many years later, I was in a situation where I was presented with maybe uh, alcohol. And I would say, no, I can't, my
2: my, my dad, I'm
1: hearing my dad.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) And he was very far away. He was in Africa. And I was like, no, I I can't, I cannot touch alcohol. Like this is, this is do. Yeah. So-, <laughs> so it's just to say that kids listen, listen to their parents. You Definitely. know, sometimes even if they they act like they're not listening, they are. So it's very important to important to have that dialogue at a very young formative age so that it could be interested and absorbed and internalized like I did in this case.
2: That's powerful. That's powerful. So you definitely had the right structure in terms of uh, toward education, motivating you to pursue education. And but you were also, were you always smart, like in class, <laughs> the smartest person in the class, you know,
1: uh, writing,
2: write, writing, whoever do <laughs> writing the names of the people that give the teachers troubles?
1: <laughs> Actually, I would say that I had different seasons when it comes to school. There was a season where I was always amongst the top five uh, students in my class, uh, but there was also a season where I was not focused and uh, Mm -hmm. on school and my dad um, was like, you know what, since you don't wanna be a good student, I'm not gonna pay for school for you. (laughs) You're just gonna manage. If you wanna go to school, you'll find a way to go to school. And my dad was like, "No, this is my my mom was like, absolutely not. I will pay for school, but you have to make sure you you deliver, right? Yeah. Don't please don't embarrass me, because I was always smart, but I was smart in a different way. I never mm-hmm. had to actually study hard. I have never studied hard in my entire life. Things came to me very easily. All I had to do is sit in class, and I would absorb." of the course. Mm. So I never had, like, I could not understand people who stayed up super late, like studying. I never done that. I've never Mm. ever done that. And uh, so my parents never really saw me study and they were like, you're not studying. Well what they didn't realize is I did not need to study <laughs> as <laughs> much as other people. Uh, and I always found a way to, to 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 pass my classes. So it was never an issue, but when it became an issue, having that conversation with my mom helped me get back on track. And I also didn't want to embarrass her. And I'm a very proud person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm extremely proud. I, and African culture. You got yes. You. <laughs> but I think for me, it was pushed to a degree where uh, because I'm stubborn, um I'm also, you know, I'm very proud and i and I don't ever want anyone to just look at me and be like, uh, we told you that she was't never gonna amount to anything or whatever." Mm. That is my motivation. My mm. motivation is not to be a failure, right? I'm very yeah. motivated to be and I'm committed to myself.
2: I feel like the kind of pride and and and, and dignity and and the culture that we came up with where, People were always competing. We always get to compete with our siblings, trying mm-hmm. to always get the attention of our parents. When we get to a point where we get that, those kind of comments, those kind of comments motivate us because from the beginning, we have made to believe that we are the best.
1: Right. Yes, you exactly. You want. Yeah, And that's the conversation I was having with my dad at dinner table. He was always like, you are, you can do whatever you want. There's no reason. And I remember having a conversation with him where I think I was the third of the class or the fifth, I don't remember. And my father, and I came to my father, I'm like, oh, dad, I'm the fifth of the class. And he's like, what about the four people? Ahead Three, of you? two, one. <laughs> I'm like, but dad, like, that's really good. He's like, that's good, but... Do they have anything more than you do? Do they eat do they better eat than more? you do? Yeah, it's like, what? what? <laughs> that, come on. <laughs> do they sleep in a better bed than you? Why? <laughs> I'm like, OK, I heard you. OK, OK. Yeah, and definitely.
2: That's powerful. That That's powerful. So you left. You had to leave Senegal at the age of 19 for mm-hmm. the pursuit is it for the pursuit of education right you wanted to get a oh,
1: better right. education. yes i came to the u.s um <laughs> in fact despite what my my parents wanted right mm-hmm. um, my parents wanted me to go to to france like everyone else in my family but i wanted to go to the u.s because i wanted to be independent mm. i wanted to be financially independent And I just wanted to be far away from my parents because at that point in time, I felt like they were stifling me (laughs) and I just wanted space, right? I I wanted space to do the things that I wanted to do. And I felt like coming to the U.S. will allow that. And I had seen my aunt and my cousin self fund their education by working. So I'm like, I'm going to work and I'm going to pay for school and life is going to be good. And I remember my dad say, okay, since you... If that's what you want then we'll support you in in what you want yeah very nice of him of them both mom and dad
2: yeah then you came to the us and then and all I came the here all the mountains started hitting Whoa.
1: you um so coming Let's to with english <laughs> oh, <sorry laughs> let me tell you. my first class was an accounting course Whoa. okay Keep in mind that I didn't even know what the concept of accounting in French. Wow. So the gentleman is assets equal, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what's the asset? What's the liability? What's stockholder equity? I don't even know what are those things. So I had to actually learn the concept in French first and then in English. Wow. Because I could not keep up. With, with yeah, did plastic. you take any
2: ESL? Did you take any ESL? I did ESL not take
1: class? any ESL classes because I had wow. I thought I had a decent English. I mean, they tested my English and it was good. Um so I I I they let me enroll but not realizing that I didn't have some of the foundational um English vocabulary to 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 follow, but I did it. It was it was hard. You know, it was challenging, wow. but we made it happen so I would study in in French and then in English and I ended up being an okay student I graduated cum laude so yeah
2: wow I know before that though there was a lot of adaptation in terms of culture environment at what point did you pick up the phone and call your mom and say mom (laughs)
1: I'm tired. <laughs> so i think i told you i just said that i'm a very proud person i'd yeah. never picked up the phone and call my parents because i just didn't want anyone to tell me we had told you so wow i don't, I don't ever want to hear those words in my life so wow. there was no option i actually came and when i came i stayed with my aunt and after about a year and a half she asked me to leave and when she did that i had to worry about having a roof over my head, food on the table, in addition to funding my education, because that's what I came for. I didn't come to I didn't come to the US to make money uh, without an education. Uh, again, the education was the priority, my number one priority. So I yeah. had to adapt. I did all sorts of jobs. I'm gonna tell you one story here. Mm-hmm. I had written um, an ad to 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 be a housekeeper, okay, uh, housekeeper, nanny, anything you need, right? So I posted it around back then, Riverdale in the Bronx, and I have this lady who calls me, and uh, she's an executive at I think back then NBC. She's and she calls me on the phone. She's like, I need a housekeeper, and I was like, Oh, you know what? I know how to clean. I've cleaned. I have. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm I'm very good at it. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay, I would like to interview you. I show up, she looks at me, she's like, okay. <laughs> she, we walk around her apartment, a very beautiful apartment. And at the end of the, the interview, she's like, uh, I'm sorry, I know you really want this job, but I don't think this is the right job for you. <laughs> wow. But if you have a friend who's looking for a nanny, let me pass your contact information to her. Keep in mind, growing up, I had never even made my bed.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, wow. <laughs> Wait, did she see how bad you were? That's why she said. No, she didn't is.
1: even give me a chance. She looked at me and she knew that I, I was not going to be the right woman for the job. <laughs> wow. Because I did, I was tiny. Uh, I was very young. And, and there was no way that obviously I had all the experience that would allow me mm-hmm. to be good at the job. Right. And I told, you know what I have, um, I can do this, you know, just, just give me a chance. And she's like, uh, I'm sorry, but I know you really want to work. So let's, let's, let's try to find you something suitable. Wow. And she introduced me to this family. Um, a very nice family that lived Midtown in, in New York. And I started babysitting for them. So I babysat wow. for them. And they were so good to me and they, to the point that they paid for one of my semester at school.
2: Wow. That's the idea of being focused on the goal, right? Instead of yes. Focusing on what you need it, to do to get there.
1: And to self-fund my education, I had to work full-time. So my parents helped me the first couple of years. They were very good. They helped me. But for the rest of my my, my my schooling, my school fees, I had to self-fund. So I worked in a French bistro, which was open 24-7. And it was right around the corner from where I went to school. And I would work, I started by being a hostess so i would work the 5 p.m shift um to 6 a.m and then go to school uh and i did that and i was so good at it that at some point in time they were like well uh would you like to be um, a waitress and uh, i started waiting on tables same thing would work during the actually they changed my schedule which was much better i would work during the day and go to school at night and that's how i self-funded my education
2: That is amazing, that is amazing. And I feel like the fact that you were so willing, the fact that you wanted to be independent and you were so, you had a goal in mind, right? It -hmm. motivated you to really learn whatever you needed to learn to get to that goal. And you didn't focus too much on the struggles and challenges that were hitting you.
1: No, no. And and, uh, so, at some point in time <laughs> hair braiding was quite hot in in michigan uh yeah. and i have a good friend of mine who opened a hair braiding shop and he we we weren't friends back then. i had just met him and he was like yeah i'm looking for hair braiders i'm like you know what i'm the best hairdresser braider, hair braider that you'll ever find <laughs>
2: Take <it into> existence.
1: <laughs> and she's like and he's like really he's like yes i said I can braid some hair. Um he's like, well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send you money so that you can buy your ticket and come braid hair over the summer, and you can make enough money for you to to save for school. For, I was like, oh, that's perfect. I got there. As soon as I got there, he's like, Oh, let's go to the shop. <laughs> we get to the shop. <laughs> and and I started braiding someone's hair. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, you don't know how to braid. <laughs> and um, I
2: was
1: like, well, I can learn. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm willing
2: to learn. That's yeah. the mindset.
1: <laughs> and he's like, and he laughs. He's like, okay. And I learned in less than a week. Let's and let go, me tell man. you something I had saved up so much money from that braiding job. <laughs> that I was able to pay for school. Wow.
2: And so I many... would be, yeah, I'm sorry. No, go <laughs> I, ahead, go ahead.
1: I would be the first one at the shop because you had to be, uh, you know, it was first come first serve. So I would get there before everyone. <laughs> so that wow. could be the, I could get the first customer and get a chance to have multiple customers throughout the day. And I would be the last one to leave. I was very determined. I've always had, had um, a lot of drive.
2: That is so powerful. Many people usually do not see uh, themselves, do do not say yes to the opportunity that they get
1: because Mm -hmm. they
2: cannot see themselves really being in that position of greatness, right? They just decide, okay, I know I cannot do it. Let me say no right now and not even go through it. But there are a few people who decide, okay, I don't care if I don't know or if I never heard about this, I'll figure it out. And yes. I'll say yes.
1: <laughs> but I have to say that also my mom had um, a side business in Senegal. She had um, a hair um, beauty shop. So I sat there and I watched people do hair and I could do a little bit of hair, but I was no mm-hmm. professional. I could do yeah. hair, but I was no professional because I had d- never done it in a professional professional way right so wow I picked up very quickly and 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 all the women at the shop were so kind to me and they could see my draft they're like well you come before everyone <laughs> I said because I want to get the first wow. customer in case there is only one customer <laughs> I think um, wow. in life you have to be open to the possibilities. And look at them as an opportunity for you to learn. I'm sure if that you tell powerful. people today all the things that I had to go through to get to where I am, they would they won't believe you because I I don't carry my my pain, my challenges, my struggles. No. I appreciate them. I've learned from them. But it's 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 I'm grateful for, for everything that I've gone through because I've learned so much about who I am. Mm-hmm. what I stand for and that's wow
2: important. wow that is amazing and all this time you ha- you were on the quest of something bigger which is getting that bigger education you went to University of Michigan yes mm-hmm. and to get your MBA right
1: correct so I was um blessed enough to have a, a, a scholarship from uh GM, the Leadership Fellowship Scholarship that I applied to, which was a merit-based scholarship. And I ended up going to University of Michigan. I've always wanted to go to a big school with a campus. I wanted to feel the collegial atmosphere and environment because um, in New York, I went to a commuter school in the middle of New York City, big buildings. And uh, I promised myself that I would go to for further education, to a school mm. uh, uh, with um, where I had a beautiful campus, etc. The things that you see on TV, in movies, right? <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I haven't experienced all these things. I need to experience them. So, I visited yes. Michigan and I fell in love with it.
2: That's amazing. What was like after everything is done, you MBA, and then you got the big the big job, uh and that first salary and the the largeness of it, like how did it make you feel? Uh
1: well, I have to say that I was making money before working uh on Wall Street. I was making good money because I was a waitress. Wow. So I waited on tables. Um <laughs> <laughs> in uh, in New York City and the tips were amazingly good. I could make between $250 to $300 per day.
2: On one street? One shift. Oh, okay.
1: One shift and I had I worked sometimes six shift. Wow. Right? So I was making yeah. good money. Um mm-hmm. And so it was good to have a salary, a paycheck, the health insurance, the 401k, all these things. And also it was good to be in an environment where I felt like, you know, I kind of reached what I wanted, which was mm-hmm. to be working for a prominent company firm and, and to get a chance to, of, you know, evolving in that, in, that, in that space, in that environment. So the paycheck definitely. was good. I was very happy about the paycheck. The first paycheck, I didn't spend it. I send it back home because that's what we do. When we have a first paycheck, we don't spend it. It's 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 more charity than anything else. Yeah, so yeah. I was happy to do that.
2: That's powerful. That's definitely also I, I think it's a culture all around Africa. Everybody <laughs> had to do that. My mom was ready. When are you bringing the, the paycheck? paycheck? <laughs> and I'm like I'm still broke (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) I'm still broke absolutely
2: (laughs) yeah definitely so as you started in the professional world I feel like uh that's another set of challenges that came through because as you say you've never been in that position before and there there was a big learning curve I'm sure Mm -hmm. you worked in many rooms where you felt like you you were not comfortable in but you decided the same perseverance that you used before Mm -hmm. you decided to stay there to stay in those rooms do whatever you have to do Mm -hmm. to prepare yourself and get better Mm -hmm. so you can even have now you even have a seat in these rooms
1: Mm -hmm. yes so um just for background i think it's important for you to understand who i am and how i grew up I grew up in a very diverse environment. So I went to a school where there were a lot of white children. Um, and uh, actually, in kindergarten, there were, we were only three Blacks in my school, wow, not in, my school, school I'm sorry, in my class. Yeah, because it was an international school. It was a school. Wow. Uh, so I've, I've always seen and been around uh, people who did not look like me.
0: In wow. addition
1: to that, my father, my parents sent me on vacation uh, um, a few times to what to a children international summer camp where they had two boys, two girls from, let's say 20 countries that would come together for a summer with a leader and uh, for each of those um, uh, countries. And they would come together and spend four weeks together. So very early on, I was exposed to uh, people from uh, East Europe, uh, people from Latin America, kids from the Middle East at a very young age. I was like nine, (laughs) right? So I've always been around diversity and it has never Mm -hmm. registered as as something different. I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. So when I walk in a room, I don't walk. I don't notice that I'm the only black person. I mm. have to make the conscious effort to notice that. That's very weird, but that's my reality. No, that's powerful. Right? I walk yeah, in. Yeah. I never look at sometimes. Yeah. I sit down and I'm like, wow, I'm the only black person here. Oh, wow. I'm the only white. I'm, I'm the only woman here. <laughs> right. And, mm-hmm. and, then I come to that realization, but I never, I never carry that, right? And, and, and I don't want to start carrying it because I think it's a burden, yeah. right? I walk, I, I, we all come in different shades. This is something that I've learned very at a very young age. And we all have something to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to say that I didn't realize that I was a Black woman until I came to the U.S., i thought I was a woman was... I, just, I mean if you got asked me
2: <laughs> what May was that realization home? like
1: because this country has a way of making you realize who you are right mm-hmm. so i grew up in senegal very culturally very french in a very culturally french environment um no one has ever made me feel like i was uh <laughs> A black person. I'm surrounded with mm-hmm. black people and also white people yeah. at school in some of the schools I attended. But then I come to the US and there is this desire to come closer to, for example, the Senegalese community, the African community. And I had I developed this sense of wanting to be Senegalese, mm-hmm. right? But wow. before that, I was like, oh, more into the French stuff right um (laughs) but again no one had ever made me feel that I was a black woman but when you come here and when people see you and they identify you as a black woman then you start internalizing it I was having this discussion with a very good friend of mine and she was telling me that she's dating this gentleman who was who told her that uh he had um one of his neighbors come over and they had a great discussion and he could see himself you know being friend with that person and never mentioned that the child that person had a th- that the person was a black person and he has mm-hmm. a daughter and that person has a daughter and they were playing until one day he sent her a picture of the kids playing and she realized that the kid is black then the parents are black mm-hmm. So Mm. to even her, it was a shock that he didn't say, oh, my neighbor is Black, the Black man that lives down the street. He just says the man that lives. So I think this world has a way of telling who you you are. Now you have the choice to believe it. You have the choice Mm. to internalize it. And being Black is something that I've internalized because I live the Black experience on a daily basis. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's amazingly put that's amazingly put so from the beginning from when you grew up to moving into the united states and adapting to to going to school paying for school you have always been a, a person with a strong will oh yeah a strong motivation to go Absolutely. out there and chase whatever you want to chase uh what, yeah. what what make what wake you up every day to go and chase your dream today
1: what makes me wakes me up is the fact that I believe that I was brought on this earth for a mission for something. Mm. I'm not just a, a period, a dot. I'm, there is a reason why I am here, right? There's something that I need to accomplish, and sometimes I don't know what it is. But I mean, there's this quest of wanting to find it, and there is this quest for or this commitment to bettering myself. Right? I look at every day as a way for me to learn and to get closer mm. to that goal and to be exposed to many things, as many things as possible, because it's through exposure that I'll, I will figure it out.
2: Mm. That's powerful. Wow. And last thing before we go, I know this has been long, but I really wanted to ask you about uh, Africa you are very passionate. Last time we talked, you are very passionate about the countries and, I, and we all realized that we are in trouble. We need to, <laughs> we need to really figure out how a way to, to help the continent. And I feel like the people in our co- continent, look, uh, their hope is that us, the people who are able can help uh, in any way we can, uh, our, our specific countries or even Africa in general, What are some of your thoughts with everything that's going on and the future of it?
1: So in terms of Africa, Africa is my first love. I love the continent. I love being African. I would not change it. With all the challenges that come with being an African person, (laughs) I will not change it for anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there is a reason why we were born Africans. I'm grateful for the fact that I grew up in Africa because it has given me a a very strong sense of identity.
2: So much perspective. So 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 much much perspective.
1: And when I have a a difficult day, I remember that people, I know actually people who are having a worse day, right? (laughs) Um, So my dream for Africa is for Africa to realize itself, to realize its potential. Africans have everything to give up but they never give up. I love the African spirit. I love the African resilience. I hope that wow. we can build capacity and the training for people to take their life in whatever directions they choose to. Because it's not the drive that's missing. I mean, when you go to Africa and you drive across the streets or the roads, you see people on the side, hustling, selling mangoes, moments selling mangoes women selling papayas, guys uh, selling batteries and and just trying to make a living. So it's not the drive. Africans are not lazy.
0: They just don't
1: know, they don't have the capacity. They don't have the means, the resources to be successful. So I'm hoping that we are able to build platforms to realize that potential, that we people, you and I, can show the examples of what can be. can show them, even though they have not experienced America or other countries like we have, we can show them that, you know what, there is a way. There is a way out and also create that platform for them. Yes. So I have big dreams for my for, for Senegal. I have big dreams for the continent. I love being Africans. I would like I said I would not change it for anything. And I know that the future is going to be great for Africans.
2: That's powerful. And that's exactly what I'm thinking. So I don't even have anything to say after that. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so excited about the future. And this is something that I feel like many of us have been thinking about, people who have managed a way to overcome the old and found a life here, we definitely do not forget about where we came from and we are always looking for ways to give back. Absolutely. Build good mm-hmm. system that's gonna be uh, amazing for, for people with all the potentials. I see people, I, I I know, I heard about two guys in Nigeria right now who can't fix any kind of issue through a computer like if they were in the United States, they could have, they have the potential of like the Bill Gates or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, full
1: of potential, yes.
2: Because of the lack of systems, they don't get to do that. And I feel like the goal should be, instead of trying to get those talented people to come abroad and stuff, but the goal is to build systems that allow them to thrive in these yeah. countries.
1: Yeah, it's all about the platform, the systems. It's all about also, um creating an environment where they can build on each other. Africans Mm -hmm. have to help Africans. We have to help each other, Mm -hmm. right? We, it's not a race where there is a winner take all. We can Mm -hmm. all win. There is enough sun for everybody, for everybody. There's enough sun. I grew up to believe that's how my mother raised me. She raised me that there is enough sun for everybody. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that's important too.
2: Yeah, so and if you be... want people
1: to mm-hmm. go, go ahead. ahead, no, go ahead. Now,
2: saying if you want people to come and invest in your place, you definitely need to do something and invest, and mm-hmm. that, that's what we're trying to do. So, helping, helping, building system that's helping the people over there will also attract other people who's looking for opportunities.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. That's the that's Africa amazing. of my dream.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Mariam. I remember You're the welcome. first time I met you, I I, I definitely felt that uh that homeness, like the, the idea of just feeling home, right? The the excitement, the the family atmosphere. I, I definitely noticed that you you grew up in a family that was big on family and culture. And uh I saw how you were telling hey asking people just getting everyone involved i feel like that's the definitely the culture we learn at home so i'm i'm very thankful for meeting you for your mentorship your advice and i'm very excited uh for everything that we talked about here mm-hmm. thank you so much for the time
1: it was my pleasure i think mamadou you're doing a lot of good of a lot of good and i really wish you good luck with all your endeavors i know you're going to be extremely successful inshallah sorry i'm muslim so i have to say that (laughs) so and uh and um keep you know don't let anyone or anything stop you because you can realize so much if only you believe in yourself and i you and i know you
0: do Thank you so much for taking your time and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way, share it with a friend, family, or loved love.